welcome to the Lords of Grantham podcast. With Downton Abbey, a new era hitting theaters soon, we're revisiting season six in its entirety. But since we've watched some of these episodes twice for our main feed, we're going to hit you with a classic discussion of the episode from our original run to tide you over until we return next week with some more content. So enjoy this vintage Lords of Grantham episode. On Downton Abbey. Wedding plans were afoot for Mr. Carson and Mrs. Hughes. Lady Edith was dealing with some trouble at the newspaper she inherited from Mr. Gregson. Barrow and Andy were still not quite getting along. And most importantly, the Drews were kicked out of Downton because Mrs. Drew couldn't keep her cool around Marigold. So let's see what happens this week on Season 6, Episode 3. Of Downton Abbey. You know you make me break And hello, we we have returned. Yeah. We were uh, we were too busy. It's too busy for the past week to to get to you guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, and but you know this week also busy. We're making the time. Yeah, but in the interim, it seems like people have been catching up though on the podcast. We keep getting messages about people just discovering the podcast, catching up. We re-recorded that intro podcast at the right time, I think maybe. <laughs> yeah. Now I wonder if you're one of those people that is just catching up. Mm-hmm. Do, do you listen in order and listen to the first and second introduction episodes? Did you get hooked by the fir- the second introduction episode? Did you just get hooked by the premise? If you're a new listener and you've reached out, let us know. If you're a new listener, you know, if you're a new listener in general, reach yeah. out. We we respond. We're friendly. We yeah. don't bite. Yeah. If you're hooked on phonics, let us know too. You know. Sure. Let yeah. us know anything. That's hooking you. Yeah. Uh. So you know, funny thing yesterday, Dave. I was I was taking. Taking the train out to work, I was uh, going up, the, shipping up to Boston for a uh, for a day, and the guy next to me on his phone was watching Downton Abbey. See, this is it's everywhere. But I, I felt this urge to tell him, you know, I do a podcast on that, but I didn't. I just, I just felt like it would be just too weird. I I, I was like, man, I want to say yeah, in something. that moment. If only we had like business cards. Yeah, yeah, like. Because then I say on the on my plane back from Chicago, I saw somebody with a magazine reading about Don. Abbey. Oh, really? Yeah. And you just couldn't bring yourself to say anything. Well, there were a couple rows in front of me. I just saw, you know, their their characters. <laughs> so I was, like, huh? And it's like one of, the, one of those things. Like, what do you say when when you you know tell them like, oh, you like Down Abbey too? You want to see a dead body? <laughs> like, it's like how do you? You, you don't know me, but do you want to do you want to get to know me intimately? <laughs> yeah. Over the course of a year and a half's worth of podcast, yeah, it's it's weird. So yeah, I didn't say anything, but fought the urge to do that. I th- I mean, I think I I probably would have. Did he seem friendly? Uh, no, I, I I think he seemed like he was keeping to himself like a typical New Englander. New Englander. Don't uh, lump all the New England in on that. <laughs> well, like a typical New Englander. New uh, Englander or New yeah. Yorker? They're New- two different things. Uh, New York is not New England. New England is much less friendly than New York. I don't know if that's true. I I think it's true. You think Boston is less friendly than New York? Yeah, different breed. Well, we know Boston is not for everybody. It's not for me, yeah. So, is there yeah. any... There's <laughs> a, a whole slew of new movie posters that came out. Oh, so many. Uh, all these character posters. Did we even ask for all these? No. Because as I commented on the one official release, there's one of Mosley and Miss Baxter. Yeah. But All if right. you want, if you want to know about those posters, we're not going to spend a lot of time in these episode episode breakdown of the show mm-hmm. talking about the movie posters. But we're going to review every single movie poster that comes out. All these new batch of posters on our Patreon <laughs> because we are <laughs> one episode behind for our Patreon subscribers who are incredibly kind and generous for dealing with us not. Living up to our promise with the speed that we'd like. We're busy. We're busy. We're busy people. Look. <laughs> yeah. Literally, when we record these podcasts, it's just we're able to carve out an hour to do these things. Yeah. And then uh, life carries on. And we we might have some very cool news coming up soon. So keep your 
your eyes on the socials and get ready for some something that uh, really fell into our laps, hopefully. That p- might fall into our laps. We'll see. Let's not put the horse before the carriage yet. Yeah, otherwise we'll just keep reviewing down. <laughs> <laughs> Forever and ever. I mean, there are worse ways to spend your time. I did realize that today, in in this discussion of this potential new thing, yeah, that like we we are a, we are a voice in the Downton Abbey community, yeah, we're, which we're is something. baffling to me. Because <laughs> in the two weeks that that you know the d- distance between when we last recorded and watching yesterday, mm-hmm. like I I don't consume Downton Abbey on with any regularity, yeah. No, it's it's really when I watch the show, that's when I focus my attention and I, I take the notes and everything, and then it's just out of my life, aside from the the Instagram feed that I yeah yeah try and take care. I'll, of. I'll tweet and I'll be like, somebody will tweet, oh like we love the show, you know, I I've been would listen to the whole thing, I'm looking forward to catching up on a week to week basis, and I want to respond just like, oh so that's cool, but then I'm like, I should probably put a Downton Abbey gif or some kind of quote, and yeah. then I was like. Ah. <laughs> They don't come naturally as as they should. Right. We're not living and breathing down every day as much as maybe our fans are. But that's probably what makes us right for this podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're just some guys who like look, <laughs> down Abbey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't say. You don't say. And here we are. Episode six. Season six. Episode three. Three. <laughs> it's been a long week. It's not six or seven. The only <laughs> it might be. Season six, episode three, baby. Yeah. Here we are. We're yeah. still in the thick of it. Time is not moving as quickly, it seems. No. Well, it is moving quickly. A couple weeks, I think. Yeah, because we're getting closer and closer to the, the big day. Yeah. With Hughes and Carson. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that first? Sure, we can talk. I mean, that's the A plot. It's a very simple plot, actually, this episode. It has some, some moments, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It all ties in uh, as we talk. We'll get there. I mean, so, you know... When people get married, of course there's drama, but what bigger drama drama could there be than having uh, a wedding breakfast yeah. as Hughes envisions? People sitting down and eating. A breakfast? I mean, I've never been to a breakfast wedding. That sounds fun to me. <laughs> well, I mean, that's an expectation that people are just going to show up really early in the morning and drive to wherever you ask them to go. Uh, and then- yeah, I feel like our, not well, maybe not our generation, but weddings in general have become more of evening affairs and... Mm-hmm. Let's get sloppy and but yeah, I I've, I guess as a kid I always thought weddings were because I always thought church was in the morning. Yeah, church was in the morning, so a wedding should be in the morning. Yeah, and then you go to a party and then you go home. But what are the odds that someone hits up like a, a donut or coffee shop before they go to a wedding breakfast? You know, and then I mean that's pretty when you have that many people. There's gonna be people who eat before they get there because there, there's an expectation they gotta wait through the whole wedding and then there's gonna be that breakfast there that's gonna be there probably around 11 but a donut it's, and a coffee is perfect to hold you over okay so you're looking at more of a brunch then oh absolutely it's not like it's nine <laughs> so o'clock so it's not, not a wedding breakfast it's wedding brunch I wanna know what Carson and Hughes had for food I mean we saw some, some oh it looked delicious but I you know brunch food is like the most popping food what do you mean it's the most popping food so, like what you- so like any sort of benedict is good yeah a lot of a lot of waffles, a yeah, lot, lot of yeah. thick waffles. Nowadays, you get people with the fancy spices and sauces and, and stuff. Yeah, omelets. You're, you're kind of talking me into having that kind of wedding one day. Who knows? <laughs> we'll check in on that. Yeah, that'll Never. be a Patreon yeah. bonus episode. <laughs> yeah, years from now. Um, but what is the other big drama? Hughes doesn't have a dress. This is actually so perfectly in line with the character we know. She's always dressed in black, and I was thinking to myself, why doesn't she wear black to this wedding? She looks so good in it. Just keep wearing it, Hughes. Okay. Walk down the aisles with the keys jangling and everything. Why not? And she's got her, like, party is unofficially Anna and Patmore. (laughs) That's a... a, I mean, at least Daisy's not in it. Which is weird, because Daisy's like her... Well, I guess they are... It's a sort of mother-daughter relationship. I'd rather have Baxter over Daisy in there. Baxter's a, a good, reasonable human. She freaking... Yeah, she she helped out with you know the the thing that was a problem in this episode, which is the coat. The, oh, what she sews? Yeah, she sews the frock. The frock, yeah, yeah. So what happens is he was just like, I'm just gonna wear my typical brown uh, Sunday dress, and and she's like, Anna's gonna fix it up for me. Yeah, Pat and then it shows like, Anna oh, yeah. like, I can't, you know, you can't fix something that's that broken. Yeah. 
So Power goes to a, a magazine, a, a catalog, a catalog to order a dress for Hughes without telling her. It shows up and it, it's about as plain Jane as the other thing. Yeah, yeah, it's just this faded purple ish color. And Anna puts on a, a game face, but she's even like, "That's horrible." I've never seen Anna this directly. Well, Pat, like Pat Moore is um, not pleased with her. No, she, she's not thrilled. But I've never seen Anna this like direct though. With like, "That's bad. That doesn't work." Like, nope, nope. There's no hiding it. So what do they do, Dave? They go and they try. They ask Mary, right, if they yeah. can uh, borrow one of Cora's dresses because they try to, you know, Hughes is not the same proportions as Mary. Mary, yeah. And Mary's like, yeah, sure, that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, if only Mary knew that Edith at one time was. Wait, well, no, maternal clothes would not be. Uh, we never Good see, for, for we don't know Hughes. how Edith got a hold of those. That's yeah. the whole world. I forgot that Mary also had a kid too, and she had maternal clothes and their their Sybil clothes. There's just, yeah, Sybil's clothes, but no, they so they they go to Cora's room to try on some clothes. And now we need to go jump. It's like Grand Theft Auto three mm-hmm. or four, no five. Grand Theft Auto five. We need to push the button and switch protagonists over yeah. to the hospital story. <laughs> oh yeah, because yeah. things are still afoot. Cora goes to uh what she goes to one of the the other hospital. Mm-hmm. The one that is under the in in this umbrella of of hospitals that will take the Downton Hospital under them. Yeah. And she does so without uh talking to without discussing it with the dowager and without Isabel and mm-hmm. Lord Merton takes and, it upon herself. Yeah, she so she she leaves everybody high and dry. Yeah. And she goes and does this just to see. And yeah. she gets a tour. Nothing wrong with that. And then she comes back to this meeting and she says how how good the tour was and it just goes down. <laughs> yeah. They, they they just, you know, dukes her out. Merton doesn't even get a word in it seems like during this whole exchange. Yeah, poor poor Dickie Merton. Yeah. Because uh I think was Isabel says at one point like, "I'm sorry Dr. Clarkson, you may not have a job." We just, you know, there's, you're just going to be, she says, no, you're going to be another doctor. Well, she says, you know, like in the grand scheme of this, you're just another local doctor. Yeah. 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 And it's just like, you know. And the crowd goes. <sighs> right. 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 And yeah, he, he, he puts his like head in his hand. He's like, oh no. Oh no. Not feeling, he's, he's not feeling good. No. And, and uh. And the dowagers, you know, it's just a terrible meeting. But it's around. one of these things where as a viewer. You know the Dowager's in the wrong, just from time, just from history. Mm-hmm. And he, you see, you even see it in Clarkson that he's starting to to realize. Yeah. So, this meeting is terrible. Yeah. Cora comes home, and she goes to say to you know like pops in and says hey to Mary, and Mary's like hey hold on, and she closes the door. <laughs> She's like not nah, catches long day catches them, and and it should be mentioned too that her and Mary hadn't been getting along because uh, when. Hughes came in. They actually followed up in the last episode where he, where uh, Cora says Hughes, because Pat Moore went to Cora about like them not wanting to get married in the the, in the house, Abbey, yeah. and Cora's like Hughes, you have something to say, and she's like, yeah, I want to go have a, a breakfast, a wedding breakfast, and Robert he he rubs his stomach, he's he's hungry for that, <laughs> uh, and everyone's like, okay, that's not too bad, and then Cora or uh, Mary's not happy about that though, she she was like she only wants the best for her Carson, she loves her Carson, <laughs> she loves her. 65-year-old manservant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she calls, uh, what is it, Cora calls Marius um, a bully. A bully for trying to make them get married in, in the house. And then Mary retorts to, to Cora, you're a snob. You're a snob. A snob. And Cora just guffaws. She is just like, what? This is an episode of, like, heel promos. Yeah, yeah. You think you're, I'm a bully? You're a snob. What? <laughs> uh, and then Carson walks back in. What? <laughs> and uh, and that that ends that conversation. But yeah, yeah. So uh, Cora goes upstairs and catches later on. Yep. This, this, so this is after she has checked in with Mary and Mary closes mm-hmm. the door mm-hmm. and walks in on these ladies trying on one of her jackets. And Cora, not happy. No, not happy. Not, in she had a bad day. And like, look, I mean, this is also in real life. It, like, even with your friends, if you walked into a room and you saw your friends trying to close, be like, "What's going on here, guys?" Not your friends. It's like, I mean, but your s- gardener. <laughs> still, even then, even if it was my friend, someone who's even close to me, be like, "Why are you trying my clothes? What's going on here? If you need clothes, I'll give you the shirt off my back, but don't do it behind my back." <laughs> <It's> <laughs> It'd just be weird. It'd be weird. Hey, man, that's my shirt. <laughs> that's my pants, man. Why are you trying to put your leg in there? <laughs> 
All right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, understandably, Cora's a little annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> Put take my pants off. What you doing? Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, and this is manufactured drama too a little bit because it gets resolved within ten minutes. Yeah, because Cora realizes she was in a in a funk. Right. But Ma- you know what? This is a very Mary tells her like, "Oh yeah, yeah I meant to tell you." Yeah. This is a very real world situation mm-hmm. where like you have More a bad on your pants. Well, not necessarily that, but you have a bad day. Yeah. You blow up on somebody, and then you immediately are like, "Oh boy, yeah, I did something stupid." Yeah, I overreacted. Yeah. But Cora is uh, not a total loser. Right. She goes and not only apologizes, but gives a jacket to Mrs. Hughes. Mm-hmm. And then we have the wedding, which is a good Downton, probably, I would say, up until this point, uh, the most joyful Downton wedding. Oh, yeah. The reaction that um, they have when they walk outside and they're throwing like the... Well, no. So they play it up just right, too. like Almost like rom-com-y, where like, um, was it Mosley goes to the Carson, like, you need ushers. And he's like... Ushers? I, I, I haven't even considered ushers or whatever. And then Thomas walks right in as they're like, as he's like, "Oh, do you need an usher?" <laughs> give, give one to Andy then, and then Andrew. Like, yeah, it would have would have been me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Oh well, maybe go get Mister Bates instead." <laughs> That's right. He doesn't even ask for Bates to be an usher. That makes no sense. Maybe you, go get Robert himself. He, but you can Carson. They do a good job of showing Carson so flustered or so like nervous for the whole thing. Like he's like rubbing his hands anxiously in one scene. Like when he sees he's before the wedding for the last he's time. Like, like, oh, mama. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's thinking about other things too. But yeah, yeah. Uh, he he's very anxious. Um, and I thought it was interesting. And in, in the, in the I was waiting for him to kiss in the church. They don't kiss in the church. They go outside and then they kiss. Ah, oh, I guess I wasn't. I, I, was, I wasn't paying that much attention. No, well, because well, you know, well, you know, Julian's always asking for him to kiss, and you see how much Carson leans into that in this one. He, you, if you rewind it, he goes like an extra like lurch in to make Hughes kiss him because. It's got to be just uncomfortable. These people have known each other for years. And then Julian's just barking at him. Just kiss. Just do it once. I don't, I don't think he's... <laughs> just once. I imagine he's in one of those like director's chairs that's on like a rolling camera <laughs> with a crane shaking his fist. Come on, do it again. That's what the fans want. <laughs> do it for them. Yeah, they'll love it. Come on, Jim. They love this stuff. <laughs> um but anyways, uh, it's a sweet moment though. Just like his reaction to like them throwing the flowers or the potpourri at him, and then, and then they have a, a nice thing where like, uh, was it Carson gives a speech and he's like, you know, you know, for my wife, and then people are like, groom and wife or whatever. Hey, Robert and, brings that up. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, it's great. It's so good. But then in the church, we have uh, Doctor Clarkson comes over to Cora and he's like, I'm, or no, no, Isabel. Isabel's like, I'm really sorry. I had to apologize to you, and he's like. Yeah. I'm starting to see your point of view, and you see the dowager in the background, just like, "Oh no, losing losing my support." But yeah. I mean, that's what happens when a woman says you're just another doctor. You got to prove you aren't just another you're doctor. Just another local doctor. You got to step it up, Clarkson. Got to become more than a local doctor. Clarkson should just be like, urban doctor. Remember when Sybil died? I was right. <laughs> yeah. Remember when Matthew died? I was too late. <laughs> what could I have done? <laughs> yeah. But I delivered your grandson. But then the best, <laughs> the best part of the whole episode, mm-hmm. they're at the wedding, yeah. and they said to the Carsons, and then we hear from the back, to the Carsons, and it's Branson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's back, and it goes, I'm back, <laughs> better than ever. It was one of those moments where it's just like, oh come on, Branson, you can't steal the scene from them. This is their day, and he's just like, nah, uh, uh. Goes, I'm back from America, baby. <laughs> Remember when everyone hated me? Yeah. I went down to the bayou and learned a thing. <laughs> I snatched up a couple of gators. Yeah, I got some skin with me. Rode them over to, over to the ocean. The pond back to downtown Abbey. Because, uh, yeah, earlier in the episode, Mary gets a letter from uh, uh, Tom saying, you know, he misses uh, down. He had, he had, a, he dream. had a dream. He <laughs> woke up in tears. Have you ever woken up in tears, Dave? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think that's happened. Um, but yeah, he's he's all torn up. The uh, poor Tom. Uh, very much. I felt like Mary does not write him. I feel like he's probably sending her yeah, a lot of letters. Well, Mary's like, 
I'll write him after the wedding. And I said, yeah. The wedding could be in a week. Yeah. Just write him. She's so self-involved. I could easily see it being like a one-line communication where Tom just keeps writing her like, I keep crying about you. And she's like, oh, I should write him soon. Eventually. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he, yeah, he's back. And uh, why is he back, Dave? Because Downton is my home mm. and you are my family. Mm. Remember when I was your driver and I hated all of you? Yeah. So <laughs> I wanted to take your daughter to Ireland? Exactly. How would you feel about that, dude? I I mean it's hard not to be swept up in the moment. Yeah. But I wasn't I wasn't thrilled. I got a little a little annoyed actually with Julian in this moment. Like I understand it's a heartwarming and it's sweet and everything, but it goes back to the the thing I've raised before about the show where Julian's always writing this family as like, look how good this family is is to people, you know? They're they're really nice to their servants and everything that they run and it's like Man, look at these great rich people. And it's just like, that's not, you see it with all these other families, it seems like, that they rope into the show and they, they introduce. Like, a lot of these families aren't that nice to their servants and they're not, they're not that kind of people mm-hmm. who may be political and stuff. And yet, this one family just happens to be, okay, sure, maybe they are. But I just hate that angle of like, we should appreciate families like this and this thing for existing ones. And it's like, no, no, not anymore. Not in this day and age. Yeah, this, we've it, moved on. Look, we love the Granthams and everything, but it's just like, it's especially heartbreaking when it's like someone like Branson, who's very much a you know political man of his values and stuff like that, to just give it over completely to this family. And like, I know when Bunting brought out the worst in him, it made it like insufferable. But for him to just go one eighty and be like, "No, this is the end game. Being rich and with you guys, it's but, the best." And there's ways that you could have written that story where it's, you know, like. Sib Sibby couldn't deal with it. Yeah. Or like Sibby just asked for, for Donk every day. <laughs> As we all do. Well, yeah. I mean, and she who we Robert says, give old Donk a kiss. Yeah. 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 Um but, you know, like there are ways to make it so it's he's being selfless for his daughter and his daughter's like, I didn't want her to grow up without a family kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And, and just for clarity's sake, like it's it's I, I don't have anything against the, the crawlies and all that. I love this, these characters and everything. It's just I feel like Julian is subtly pushing an agenda in the show that I don't always like. That these people who are rich and great, who look look just look how kind they are to the poor and the political. It's like that's not the case. So, anyways, off my, my wow. uh, off my uh, footstool or whatever I was standing on my perch. <laughs> Your soapbox. My soapbox. That's what I was looking for. So that's that's the the A plot. Yeah, and the B plot. I guess if you count the hospital drama. Yeah. What else is going on upstairs though? Edith has to go have words with her editor, Mr. Skinner. Yeah, BF Skinner. He's uh he's not doing well with this or I think he's uh what's the issue here really? The issue is he doesn't want to answer to a woman. Yeah. And so I think he's deliberately delaying like having the paper done and ma- magazine done to see if she flinches, see what how she reacts, you know. And and people are like, "Why don't you just sack him?" And she's yeah. like, "No." No. But she does, you know, after being pushed to, to her to the test, she was just like, "You know, if you don't like it, you can leave." And then there's not, he's like, yeah, he just walks out of the office. <laughs> I don't recall that much stammering when he left the thing. He's like, it's like an NPC in a video game that yeah. you like walk by and hit in the shoulders. Like, Fuck here. You come back. <laughs> I was walking here. And he's gone. Um, but before that happened, uh, Edith just happens to run into Birdie in, in, uh, in London. Really High quality writing from from old, I, I had the same that, I had the same reaction like really Julian this is how you reintroduce this guy from last year he just, he just, he just happens so speaking to... of NPCs and video games this is the ultimate like walk down the street and the characters like oh hey you yeah it's me yeah yeah you know me the, the odds of that happening are like so infinitely like impossible and then like I mean he did the same thing too with like Lady Rose needs to meet a man. Well, then she just meets a man on the street, and then they become married and everything. It's just like, Julian, you got to get a little bit more creative with how these women meet these guys, you know? Like He wrote five seasons. Cut him a break. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> get, cut him some slack. Um, but yeah, Birdie's like, let's get a drink. He's he's forward. Like, you know, i got to head out of town tomorrow. I'd love to see you tonight. And then uh, and, and Leith almost lets it slip. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I came I'm, I'm with uh, my ward. <laughs> A child. I met his. Yeah, like, you remember my ward? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Birdie's like, oh yeah, ward. Well, let's get that drink later. Um, which I, which I really appreciate. So Edith is all flustered by this editor leaving. She's like, you know, I'm gonna get it done by We're myself. We're gonna do it. Yeah, but I'm gonna go see this guy at the bar for a second. 
I gotta let him off the hook. Yeah, which is really nice. It's really sweet that she has the courtesy to do that. Mm-hmm. But Bertie has other things in mind. He's like, you know what? I'll help you with that paper. He goes, let's let's do it. And she's like, huh? Because he also kind of like just inserts himself in the situation. He's like, oh, I guess we should be should be going. And she's like, what do you mean? It's like, I got a paper to he, work he on. He says, I can make coffee and get sandwiches. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Bertie. I'm in on Bertie. We said yeah. we called him a dud. A nice dud was what we said. This guy's good. I'm. This. Man, I don't want to say he's usurped Gregson because Gregson is a stand-up guy. Yeah. But I'm a I'm a I'm a bird I'm a bird man. Yeah. He's just got like an. He's got gumption. I don't know. Yeah, and we didn't see that last time. They yeah. call him the agent. It's like, aren't you the agent? He's well, now I'm the agent. Yeah, he has a little bit more personality than Gregson, who is a little bit more stiff. I thought. Yeah, Gregson. Gregson was. He's just there, a stand-up, though. stand-up good guy. Gregson did like creep around the world for Edith, though. Yeah, he was good at poker. Yeah, and good at abandoning his dis- mentally disabled wife in a home. Oh right, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> there was something I was forgetting about. Oh yeah, remember when the Nazis killed him because <laughs> he tried? Because that's the only place you mean you can the go brown to suits? divorce his yeah. wife. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, hey, he had a conflicted life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, here's to them. Hopefully, it works out. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that great moment, too. Uh, well, they finished the paper and it looks great. Yeah. And she comes home to Downton to show it to Robert. And Mary just looks so annoyed that Edith has something to, like, yeah, you she, know. She's giving her the, like, why? Yeah. Well, Mary, what do you do aside from attend the pigmen? So, you know, that's what you get. Yeah, Mary. But, uh, and Mary's still single, too. You know, that guy she met last year, Matthew Good, still not around. Yeah. Where is he? Who knows? Who knows? Just speeding around the countryside in his cars. <laughs> yeah. Good luck running into this guy who's always in the car. Can't yeah. wait to see how Julian writes him back in. His uh, car's broken down on the side of the road. Yeah. Oh, Mary Crawley. And it's funny, too, because um, Bertie's just like, I was actually hoping to be invited to the Cinderbees this Christmas again, because he's probably like, maybe I'll see Edith again there Christmas. Imagine that life where it's like, I really had a crush on this girl. Yeah. Let me wait a year. How do I figure <laughs> it out? And Julian's like, I don't got time for that. That the Christmas special is going to be, you know, at the end of the series. So I got to do it now. We got to hurry. <laughs> yeah, come on. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. I think that's really it for upstairs, right? Robert's sort of a, a background character here. I so. mean, if you want to include, I mean, this kind of bridges it. Uh, Danker and Spratt. Jeez. Oh, yep. <laughs> you want to talk about just filling in minutes, you know? No, we, not we, just Danker and Spratt. Somebody else. Oh, so <laughs> okay. When when. Uh, what's his name? Show when Branson showed up. Were you? Did you pop like? Oh wow! Or did you pop when Sergeant Willis showed up? Because <laughs> I, 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 I was Willis. Yeah. Woo! I was so excited when I saw Sergeant Willis. It's like, man, they have one more episode on his contract. Willis. Yeah, man, show up, dude. Love Sergeant I, I, Willis. I did not expect to see him. Like, you may remember me from the plot involving Mister Green. Yeah. But here I am again. Yeah. I am not with Patmore yet. Working on it. I danced with her. <laughs> I danced with her that one time. <laughs> but yeah, man, Sergeant Willis, love it, love it. So what happens is there is a knock on the door and Spratt her, is like really nervous taking the, the the guy, at the person at the door. Yeah. And Danker's like grilling him about it. Who was it? Who was it? And he says it's nobody. Mm-hmm. And then Sergeant Willis comes and says that one of Spratt's cousins broke, broke out of jail. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And it was on the run and had been seen in Yorkshire. Yeah, yeah. And then Spratt's like, I haven't seen anyone. Mm-hmm. And Spratt's like, I haven't seen anyone. And then they leave it at that. And then Danker's like, I saw you give him food in the horse shed. And he's. <laughs> Did you say Spratt said that and Spratt said that again? Well, maybe I said it wrong. Okay. <laughs> All right. Danker and Spratt. They're. they're yeah. One Two the annoying characters. Yeah, this whole plot line is so annoying. It's like, I don't care about either of these characters. I think it's hilarious that Spratt is, is holding a fugitive. <laughs> <laughs> He's like in the shed with a knife, like, go get me some crumpets, <laughs> Septimus. You're always the worst cousin that I ever had. Now this image of like the fugitive, like Richard Kimball, where he jumps off the moving train or whatever, and that's his like Spratt's cousin. <laughs> just Spratt brings I imagine him the like, shed. oh, brother, where art thou? They're wearing like a striped, black oh, yeah. and white striped. But then I guess Mr. Bates in prison was wearing just like a, a jacket and a <laughs> collared shirt. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's probably just, just imagine him like bullying Spratt. I can't wait I'm for gonna, it. I'm going to kill you I can't, if you don't get me yeah. a cup of tea. I can't wait for the reveal to be that it's Craig is his cousin. And he's that keeping was, him in the shed. Yo, Craig, Craig Spratt. <laughs> Durant is looking for him. <laughs> um, 
So that's that's a thing. That's a thing going on in Downton Abbey in the final season in these crucial waning moments with the characters. We're spending it on Danker and Spratt. Danker and Spratt in a in a like think about this. He's a he escaped prison. He could be a murderer. He could be he the number of things that he could have done to wind up in prison. And Spratt's just giving him food in the shed. And that's what makes Downton Abbey such a good TV show. Do you think Julian's like, oh man, I put so much effort into this wedding and this drama and this Edith stuff. He's like I gotta, I gotta give something to kill some time. To, to what do people want to see? Which characters? Thomas and Danker, and then Spratt and Danker, Spratt and Danker. Sorry. Well, the, that leads into the next story. Thomas still looking for a job. Yeah, and yeah. Carson, Carson says to Robert, "I think we may have the solution to our Barrow problem." And it's like, wait a minute, is he making a face turn or no? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, are we accepting him or no? Because you can't can't have it both ways you can't like cast him off Mm -hmm. and then make it like he's a your groomsman yeah yeah well i think he was so flustered in the moment he just couldn't think you know so you know maybe yeah if bates was there he would have had bates there but yeah yeah bates bates lives off the premises so he can't (laughs) right (laughs) exactly so uh thomas he interviews with uh mr uh raresby um this place is looks pretty epic from the outside Mm-hmm. They have a nice like walking shop. Tom going up to it looks awesome. It's empty though. It is so empty. It is like hoarder empty. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing stacks going on of there. newspapers. Because clearly, so this guy lost both his sons in the war, so. and his wife passed recently. Yeah, so the place is just falling into disrepair. There's just nothing going on there. But he he gives Barrow the the credit for serving in the war without yeah. knowing that he basically got himself injured to yeah. leave. Yeah. But he's he's a proud man. He's he's very proud of like the the history of the house and what they've done there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Very short on help. And Thomas is skeptical about all this. Like, you're gonna need a lot of help here, and I don't see this place returning to glory. Essentially, is what he's telling him. Like, I like, he's like very incredulous when he like he's like, oh, you had that stuff going on here. Seems like you're you're a long way removed from that. The and guy's like, oh, it'll get back to it. Yeah. We'll get back there, and it's like you want to believe him, but it's like I don't see what. I don't. You, I'm, there's no. There's, there's no, no way. Believe in this guy. No way. So I, yeah, I feel for him, but Thomas is in the right, and he calls Thomas a Republican for thinking this, these. What ways. is with Thomas botching these interviews? Well, I think well, this is what you you were saying about the Crawleys being like the the beacon of of positivity. Is all these other yeah. people are like racist and homophobic, and yeah, if you have conflicting ideas, you're a bad person, and get off my land, kind of thing. Yeah, they're like. Rich yokels, essentially. Like, why don't you get out of here? <laughs> yeah, get get out, get out. Where, where'd you come from? Get back, get back to the swamps you came from. And you, you know, he he doesn't even know that Thomas is, you know, gay. And like well, the it's way irre- it's irrelevant here. But well, the way he talks about the women there and oh, everything. Good. Yeah, what is he? He's. I wrote this down. It's so weird. He's like, I remember my favorite part of the night was when the women would go upstairs. It's like you're a creep into the darkness. Yeah, like, the lights on their eyes, and it's like right, you're, you're, you're a creep. T- today, watching women go upstairs is like you're a pervert. Get out of here, man! I mean, he's a, he's a pervert back then too. Oh, for sure, this guy's <laughs> definitely a pervert. So, but the music swells in this weird way of like this moment of like remembrance for him. Like the music really ramps up for him his moment <laughs> for here. His women climbing up the stairs. Yeah, which makes me think he's going to come back. I feel like this one more than last week. He he may like have another moment with Thomas, but at the same time, it's just like I don't know. Stay away from this weirdo, Thomas. Yeah, and it's there's like decorations on the floor. He's like, yeah, eventually we'll get that back up. Yeah, yeah. Instead, there's just newspapers everywhere. The dude's a classic hoarder. So I want to know, financially, mm-hmm. how is this dude so well off and the Crawleys are like screwed? Yeah, well, he has no kids to pay for, you know? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Is there anything else here? I mean, I guess oh, we There's have, a couple couple things. There's a couple little things. Well, you know, Anna... Oh, obviously, yeah. She, she she's moving along and uh, maybe pregnant and uh, yeah. It's the something. Her, her time of the month has passed and nothing there. But uh, she tells Mary, and Mary's like, "Oh, we're gonna go uptown, baby. We're gonna go back to London. We're gonna do something, do that little operation." Mm-hmm. But Anna does, and poor Anna just doesn't want to get too excited about it. Yeah, and cautiously so. Yeah, it's fair. And she says, uh, "Bates at the wedding says you look sunny," and Anna says, "Well, I like weddings." And Mister Bates looks at her and goes. I like my wedding. <laughs> yeah. He says, like, there's something about you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Bates. <laughs> I can't wait to see Ray's kid. I honestly, like, I popped so hard when Bates was like, I like my wedding. 
It's yeah. like, all right, you creep. <laughs> I can't wait to see when this kid is born. And when he says to this kid, like, what is wrong? <laughs> Don't worry. I've killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, did you you catch uh, Thomas saying, like, uh, in this episode, it won't be long now? Oh, yeah, I did. I wrote that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he expects to get sacked at some point. So, I, it, we, how could we ha- not give Bates anything? But we have Spratt and Danker with this whole <laughs> conflict on the road. And run. we have such a good classic Thomas Bates moment here where um, Thomas says, like, oh, I'm going to miss the land. And Bates is like, why would you miss the land or whatever? As he's, like, sitting back in this chair. <laughs> yeah, have, you, have you noticed how they've made it more of, like, a break room situation where it's, like, the same people in the same places every time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Andy's always kind of bouncing around, questioning something or trying to learn something. And Baxter's always sewing. And Bates is always, like, reading the paper. <laughs> Yeah, well, I love how Bates, yeah Bates says like careful, Mister Barrow. Someone may accuse you of having feelings for the area, and uh, Barrow's like hard to believe. And then Bates says harder for you to accept than us to believe. I should have thought. <laughs> so I mean, just classic. They just don't like yeah. each other. I feel like they're. Tr- I feel like they've gotten somewhere though. Yeah, they're not hateful anymore. Right, they're just sort of bickering. And no one's getting in the way of. Uh, it's it's. But then again, who poisoned Andy's mind to Thomas? Again, we still see Thomas this episode trying to befriend Andy, and he just doesn't want... He's like, you'd probably like it if I left, and Andy's like, well, if that's what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there some weird exchange where he's just like, do you want me to help you from behind or something like that? And he's like, I don't want you behind me or anything or whatever. I don't... <laughs> there was something behind. They're talking about being behind, and then Baxter's like, oi. And he's like, it's not like that. I didn't mean that. You have a dirty mind. I don't. Hey, I don't know. I didn't There's catch a. That. That's a dialogue. We can look it up. It's Th- something. That's about, a dialogue. It's a dialogue in this episode. That is what dialogue is. Yeah. No. I, he says, "I'm glad you'll see the the back of me." Uh, says Thomas. Oh. If that's what you want, says Andy. <laughs> there you go. So there was something with the back or the behind. Okay. Um. But then we have the dumbest stuff of the episode. If you want to go like the the Daisy stuff, this episode is. Yeah, she's oh. she's just talking. She too much. has she reversed? Like I know she's gotten an education, but she like I know she believed in ghosts in season one, <laughs> but I feel like she is maybe even like doing much more just idiotic behavior, conveying much more idiotic behavior than ever now. She has no no chill. No chill zone. No none at all. So mostly tells her like and tries to tell her in confidence, like I heard good things about uh, Mr. Mason. He may be getting Yeehaw. Yeah, the, dr- the Drews are gone. Yeehaw Farm. Isn't it called Yeehaw? Yeehaw. Yeehaw? We. Yo, no, Yew Tree. Yew Tree Farms. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was close. Ish. Uh, yeah, the, the Tumbleweed Ranch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Mr. Mason may be getting that from Mr. Drew and them. And then Daisy's like, that's why Cora didn't want to say anything. And they're like, keep your cool. And then Daisy's like, thank you for everything you're doing. Cora's like, oh, jeez. Mosley's like, oh, jeez. Poor yeah. Mosley. Yeah. And yeah, she's like, I won't tell him, but he's going to be so happy when he finds out. It's like, oh, what, what, are you, what are you doing? And yeah, so when Daisy gets a chance, she goes up and thanks Cora. Again. Yeah. And Cora's like, oh, well, how would you think that? Why would you think that? And Daisy's talking about it at the table with the servants downstairs. And then what do we know by the end of the episode? Mr. Mason is thanking Cora. And it's like, you stupid person. Yeah. <laughs> why would you do that, Daisy? Why would you do that? You've already blown one shot. Yeah. Why Why try and pretend like you, you're doing good here? I thought you had an education. I thought you were smarter than this now. Oh, you're taking exams. Come on. Yeah. Well, speaking of exams. Yeah. We have a brief little moment with Branson and the school teacher. Or not Branson, uh, Mosley. I was about to say, Branson didn't. <laughs> what? Okay. I, I need to learn. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. That's why Boston failed. I didn't know. I didn't know anything. <laughs> I, I don't know English. <laughs> Can you teach me English? <laughs> so, yeah, there's the part where, you know, the teacher's like, thank you for teaching Daisy. You know, like, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it Mosley says, education is the gate to any future worth having. Yeah. Or the teacher says that. And then it's like, also, this teacher's at the wedding. How did he get the invite? Well, I mean, oh, it's a schoolhouse. That's right. Dr. Clarkson's at the wedding. Right, because he's not like boys with with Carson. <laughs> I don't know. I can see Clarkson like Charlie. We're, we're six seasons into this show. Don't. They're not boys. <laughs> Where's Charlie? Where's his old? They made amends. Where's that other Charlie showing up? Or is he afraid that he's going to steal Hughes, Hughes away from him at the, the altar? Hey, he might. They did. They is. did not ask for objections. Wasn't he sick? He was sick, but I thought he got better. 
Because they gave him money. To go, but there was no objections. They didn't ask for any objections. What if there was an objection there? That would have been the ultimate heel move for Thomas. If he just like, or if O'Brien came back and was just like, no. That would have been so <laughs> awesome. Like, that's you get eternal heat for that forever. <laughs> no one would do that. Why, Why would you ruin the. Because you know, O'Brien's a bad person. Why wouldn't you want like Denker to do that? Because well, Denker's just or annoying. Sprat. They're not evil like uh, like O'Brien or um, Thomas. What if, what if, Thomas. Ed, what if like, uh, Edna Braithwaite showed up? Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah, again, Branson. Remember me? I don't know English. I don't know. He's <laughs> talking. Um, those are all the major storylines I think from this episode, though, right? Yeah, basically. Oh, well, there is a moment where Robert has some indigestion. I don't know why they, they pause on that in this episode. This is like the third episode in a row where they're like, he's like, ugh. I gotta use the bathroom. <laughs> he just rubs his tummy thinking about that wedding breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> wedding breakfast? I would love it if Julian just hard leaned into the like, slapstick. You keep pushing for it like Thomas like, Button when he like pulls his pants down. <laughs> just imagine every time Robert turns great like, Pardon me, the indigestion's got me again. I, I need to go to the John. And Carson's, this is my, does, does anyone object to the wedding? <laughs> Uh-oh. So dumb. It would be a, imagine if, you, I bet Julian, there's like a moment of Julian's like month or whatever his writing process is just like, but a fart joke would be very funny here. <laughs> you know what's also weird about the Branson thing is that, he shows up right on time at the reception, but what are the odds he got there? He knew that wedding was the day. He didn't show up at the wedding itself. I'll just wait, you know, have my moment afterwards. Don't stand in the back or anything. All right. He said he just showed up. Way to pick your spots, Branson. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he did. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. Maybe I don't believe him, though. Yep. Yeah. Or maybe he just had too many tears in his eyes and he had to excuse himself. I don't know. He's a crier. Yeah. Well, do we have any choice quotes from this episode? I have a couple written down. Go. Um, Edith refers to herself as not a not a she's not a young woman. She's staring middle age in the face. She's like twenty seven. Well, well, how old was she in nineteen thirteen when the show started? Fifteen. Four. <laughs> no, she wasn't. She was like thir- fourteen, thirteen, fifteen, and now it's like what twelve years later. Uh, yeah, she's staring it in the face. Twenty seven is staring it in the face. Back then, middle, 60, yeah, I guess so. You're dying at sixty. Oh man, we're staring middle age in the face. Oh man. Um, I do like when Pat Moore looks at the dress that Hughes first uh, offers to wear, and she says, you're not wasting money, that's for sure. <laughs> There's the part where uh, Denker goes to Spratt, or Denker goes to the Dowager regarding Spratt, mm-hmm. and she's like, do you need anything hot before you go to bed? And she's like, tea? Maybe some hot chocolate? And yeah. the Dowager's like, oh, I love hot chocolate. And then Denker starts pressing about Spratt. And she says, does he have any family around here? And the dowager says, he has a great many relations that get married and buried with numbing regularity. <laughs> and then Danker keeps prodding and prodding and prodding. And then the the dowager is like, can you just go get my hot chocolate, please? Just get my chocolate. She yeah, says, Danker, get the chocolate. Get the chocolate. Yeah. Oh, we get one of those vintage uh, Mary and Carson moments where, uh, I just want you to get your just desserts, Carson, and I shall have it. If you attend a wedding, that's enough for me. Hmm. And then, so you do think he's actually more anxious about Mary being at his wedding or getting married the next day? I don't day? know. I don't know. But he does say, uh, is it Hughes says to Mary, you know, Mary's like, you must forgive me for being dramatic about all of these, you know, the wedding events. And Hughes says, Mr. Carson would forgive you if you attacked him with a brick. So it's true. <laughs> it's true. And, oh, when they, so when they see the replacement dress, that's not any good. Uh, Pat Moore says she'll need a diamond puree uh, to make this look any good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they say, well, it's the thought that counts. And then Pat Moore, or yeah, Pat Moore says, not with a frock, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, I do love Carson's remark after having Thomas uh, be his usher. I might as well be hanged for a sheep as a lamb. Sure. Okay, Carson. Uh, Hughes says, in regards to Cora, I felt like a naughty child in need of a slap. <laughs> oh, I do love Violet asking uh, Isabel, did you drink at luncheon when she was like going <laughs> off on her? Um, even Violet asks, oh, and Violet does that whole unguard thing where she's like, you know, 
I'll probably be saying unguard more than hello with this uh thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Is it proper to be alone in a flat, says Violet? Who cares? Yeah. Oh, did you see they finished the newspaper at 4.35 in the morning? In the clock in the background? Oh, they showed it? You can see the clock. You can read it. 4.35. It's like, oh, that's not that late. Well, didn't they say it needed to be in by 4? Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's, you failed. Yeah. Yeah, mission failed. Dun, 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 dun. Now, do you think dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Edith, uh, she's now in the newspaper business. Yeah. Has there ever been a character on Downton that's been in the newspaper business? Oh, you know exactly who's been in the newspaper <laughs> business. But she's not in the newspaper business. She's in the magazine business. Do you ever think that there, there might be some kind of showdown at some kind of she's the magazine? She's a magazine woman. He's a newspaper man. There's, a, there's a different different Richard, industries. Richard Carlyle will come back in the movie. <laughs> I've decided to get into the magazine industry. <laughs> I heard this Skinner is a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> Skinner, get out of here! <laughs> but Carlyle would like just shoot him with a. <laughs> <laughs> You're not any good. Oh man! Well, was this a good episode overall? Yeah, I loved it. I love this episode. I think this, we got Sergeant Willis showing up. <laughs> we got Mister Branson showing up. We got a wedding. We got Edith with a good story. We got Cora and Mary cutting promos on each other. We have a, a threatening cousin off screen putting a knife to Spratt's neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or implied. We got. What we, if Spratt came in with beat up with cuts and stuff? <laughs> It's just my cousin. It's just how he is, you know? Where's my chocolate sprat? <laughs> Give me my chocolate sprat. I must go back to work. Yeah. I'll yeah. kill the dowager sprat. <laughs> I'll stab her. You need to go. I'll call back Sergeant Willis. Yeah, next time he goes to visit his cousin, he's got like a knife to Sergeant Willis' to or something. <laughs> Sergeant Willis is just dead on the ground. Oh, no. He has one episode left in his contract. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. It's like, oh, the contracts here, you know, because like Branson's like he's getting too expensive for the show. So like, okay, we got him for half the season. Alan we're, Leach, we're he's got to make that Bohemian Rhapsody money eventually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but great episode. We, yeah, we got even Robert Fart in this episode and everything. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a great week, man. <laughs> Just excuse me, <laughs> indigestion. You know, you better not be doing it at my wedding, <laughs> Robert. Uh, anyways, though, I love how the family shuts up immediately as soon as Carson walks back in the room when they're talking about the wedding. Like, oh, oh, oh can't, can't talk about that. They're all people. They're all people. They are. Who's well, down, Dave? Right? Power, yeah, power ranking time. Um, on the bottom, number three, I have Barrow. Okay. It's just sort of a rough go. He's trying to find his way, and it's not working out for him. Yeah. This is a, this is a, a weird episode as far as I thought moving parts. Yeah. Who do uh, you got? Number three is Daisy. Yeah, that's fair. She was digging a hole for herself even more this episode. It's like, come on. Come on. She's just oblivious. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's two up. I have um, Spratt. Okay. Getting he, bullied by his convict. He's, a, he's in a tough situation. Now D- Danker's got something on him. Right, exactly. They lied to the cops. And you don't want to be there. You don't want to be there. Nope. Number two, I have Violet. Okay. She's uh, losing this battle for this this hospital. It's not going well for her at all. Mm-hmm. And it's just, just a bad look. It's a bad look. Okay. All yeah. right. Number one, I have Violet. Well, number one, I have Spratt. <laughs> well, there we are. I mean, I feel like that shot of, of Clarkson saying, like, you know, maybe I was wrong. And you see the, the Violet's face. It's like, oh, boy. Yeah. She is. Yeah. What a what a whiplash from last season where the whole entire Violet plotline is Russian. Now it's just like a hospital coming in. Like, but if what if Kurgan is back at the hospital? Oh, she'd be down for that. She'd be down for that hospital. No, she sent him away for good. I know, I know. But if he was running that hospital, she'd be like, "Oh, all right, maybe, maybe." Um, but yeah, Spratt, you know, he's he's got his cousin threatening him to keep him safe. So I'm gonna kill everybody if you don't give me a cup of hot chocolate. Hey, and what, and what is what is that interaction where the your your prisoner cousin is on the porch step of the Violet's house or whatever talking yeah, the to you? Dowager Countess. Yeah, get out of here, man. Get some clothes. Put some pants yeah, what on. If he, what if he's naked? <laughs> <laughs> and Violet just finds a man in a room putting some clothes on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the Full thing to circle. do. Yeah. All right. Well, on the up, who do you got? Uh, on the up, I have Edith at number three. Yeah, me too. She put the paper together. Good. Great. Birdie, Birdie's a keeper. Yeah. Well, number two, I got Birdie. He, he, you he got did, Birdie? And heck yeah, man. He stood up. He manned up. He helped out with that newspaper. He offered to get a drink, and then he didn't have to help her, but he did it anyways. 
You, you know, yeah, I like. I guess you really think like Bernie's just a dude on the street. Yeah, who had yeah. a good day. Like imagine like my day where it's just like oh, I wasn't planning, planning to run in this girl. Oh, but I'm gonna do this work for her. And it's just a long night, and it's and maybe, I'm having fun. It may be worth it. it you know what they say? It. If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. That's not true though. Well, I got uh, Anna at number two. Good news. Yeah, sure. It's, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Who do you, so? Who do you say? You had Bernie at number two. So who's number one? Hughes, she got married, baby. I was, I have Hughes and Carson. So I don't tied. have Carson. He didn't get married on his terms. Hughes did. Yeah, but I was gonna say I was gonna put Hughes at two because Hughes had that moment of getting this the verbal smackdown from Cora. Yeah, Cora later apologized though, which was, you know what, you you showed her and she got to wear Cora's clothes on her wedding day in that's, front of Cora. That's how you flex. You you have people come down on you and then they apologize later. So Carson isn't you. even in the rankings, but no, nope. Birdie is. I've given Carson enough props for proposing and doing all that stuff. He didn't do this. He almost messed up the whole wedding here by you know wanting to have it in the house, not wanting to give Hughes what she wanted, and then you know he was a nervous wreck beforehand, and then he had the embarrassment of having Thomas be one of his ushers. You know, Hughes, it's Hughes' day. It's, it, marriages are for the woman anyway. So, sure, Carson will have his day later. I'm sure. Well, but it's funny how this episode they keep reassuring Robert nothing's going to change. We're still going to be working here day in day out. All right. Sure. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> Great servants you are. Well, that's season six, episode three. Yeah. We got some uh, wedding brunches to go plan. Sure. Yeah. Kind of hungry for some breakfast. Yeah. As always, find us. on Lately, we've had a, a nice little influx of fans saying hi. Yeah. Keep but saying do, hello. But do so on the Instagram, the Twitter, mm-hmm. the Facebook, the Gmail, if you want to shoot us an email. Sure. And if you feel like throwing some money our way on the Patreon, we have a nice little Lords of Grantham lounge where we 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 like our contributors so much that we're saying, you know what? What do you want from our Patreon episodes? Yeah. And we have a lot of options being thrown at us. Yeah. So if you want in on that, you know, it's bonus. Mm-hmm. Our episode one Star Wars review is a full length 50 minute episode. So, you know, like we, we, we are go not, there. We go to Odagunga. And we, we, yeah. we are going to break down the posters and continue on with season six. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. See All ya. All that stuff. Yeah. Bye.